Welcome to the Beer Podcast. My name's Nick Mins. So tonight, uh, I'm lucky to be joined by Nathan McDonald. He's a mental health advocate, also a facilitator at Andy's Man Club uh, and a welfare officer at uh, Lads FC in Hull. So Nathan, great to have you on tonight. Thank you very much for taking the time out to come on. Great to be here. Great to be here. Um, so yeah, so I mean, looking at you, you know, a little bit on your Instagram page and some of the stuff, I mean, loving the football, I'm a football coach myself, so it's, it's you know, it's great to see someone, someone still involved in football as well, so, um, so yeah, I, you, basically, um, if you just want to kind of uh, let us know your experiences really around mental health, you know, when things started. Yeah, so like my, my journey I've always had a journey in mental health. Everybody does. Um, you know, it started off with little anxieties at school. It started off with, you know, worrying about little things that, that don't even make make a, a huge difference. Um, but sort of like maybe three and a half years ago, it, it really hit me. I've, I'd come out of a quite a toxic relationship. Um, I'd lost uh, my first business due to that that toxic relationship. and um things just started to spiral um and basically to get out of it I just I had no experience and no education on on mental health I didn't know what to do or who to speak to or anything um I just sort of locked myself away for eight months and and didn't get out of bed um and now uh, I look back at that and obviously that's not the right thing to do is it um (laughs) When when you've had that that experience, you, you, start, you kind of realise that just having that one conversation with somebody could have saved eight months of of torture because that's what it was. Um, the most mentally torturing part for me was wanting to be here but not wanting to be here, and it was kind of difficult because I'd be fighting my own mind all the time and I'd be fighting my own voices. And it got mentally draining at that point. And it was at that point there where, you know, after, after you know, suicide thoughts and, and this, that and the other, it was at that point where you just kind of think you've, you've got to, it's got to stop at some point, you know, whether it, whether it is the, the right way or the wrong way, um, it's got to stop. Uh, so I started approaching people, started talking more about it. Um, got involved at Andy's Man Club as a, as an end user, um, and you know that club brought me brought me back. It took it took three years. Don't get me wrong, but it it brought me back. You know, just being able to to open up in a room full of blokes really just flicked that switch for me, and I got loads of advice and this that and the other. And now I I open them doors up every Monday night now to to, to give back. I mean that's brilliant. You know, I, f- I think it's. It's great to hear that, you know, someone's kind of, if you're like using those experiences to to further help people as well. I, th- I think that's, I mean, it, it, you know, and I've, I've spoke to, oh, I can't remember his name now, off Andy's Man Club, I had a gent on Man, off Andy's, Andy's Man Club on this before. Um, and, you know, the work that they do is just absolutely amazing, you know. And, you know, the good thing is, is, you know, us as blokes, we're, we're not the best at sharing our thoughts and, you know, it's it's always been, I suppose. You know, for me, it was it was always like a little bit of a pride thing. You know, I didn't like to show weakness, didn't like to admit that things were going on. 
because you don't want to kind of seem weep to people. Um, but no, for the fact that you've kind of drawn off that and now you're, you know, you're a facilitator, you're helping, you know, like you said, I like, I like what you said at the beginning as well. It's a journey. I think that's, yeah. I think that's how people need to look at it more is that it is a journey. And and the reason why, why I call it a, a journey and, you know, many others use the term journey as well, to be fair, but it, it's mainly because like, your mental health is a spectrum, isn't it? You know, you, you somewhere along the line, whether it be, be good mental health, balanced mental health, or mental health, you know, you, you're somewhere along that line. And no matter where you are in life, who you are, what you're doing, you know, you're somewhere on that line. And that's why it's a journey because you never, you never quite know where you're going to go. And I think the unplanned journey is usually the best. Yeah, I, I, I think they are. I mean, I think for years I always kind of liked thinking about where I was going to be and what was going to happen and planning things out meticulously. And it just, it didn't really get me anywhere. I think now kind of just doing things a little bit more. I, w- I wouldn't say, you know, massively sporadic, but, you know, just doing things where I think I'd like to do. Like this, this was basically, the podcast was kind of just fought upon, I think about the 27th of last year. Um, 27th of December last year, I just kind of thought, you know what, it might, you know, because I, 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 you know, I enjoy. I, I think I just spoke to one of my friends like the week, the week before, and it been really like the first time I properly opened up to him about it, and he was like really accepting. And I thought, you know what, there might be something in this where I could maybe kind of reach people and, you know, hopefully kind of help them out and. You know, as long as it, if they can get anything from it to kind of any solace to kind of think that they're not alone in their, on their journey and that there's others that are on, on their own journey, but in the same sort of place, I thought that would be, you know, it'd be something that I, I hoped it help people really. So, so you, you mentioned a little bit about um, having uh, kind of feelings of like, suicidal thoughts and that thought of not wanting to be here but not not wanting to if you like not be it's 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 it a strange I suppose it's a strange sort of concept when when someone listens in from the outside I mean I wouldn't say I've ever really I've never kind of thought of those you know of taking my life however I've only not thought of that because I've suffered from health anxiety so that the, the thought yeah. of doing anything raises my anxiety. Um, I've been under no false pretenses that if I hadn't have had health anxiety, there'd have maybe been some sort of attempt that I might have taken. Um, and this is going to be something that the podcast is going to look at in the coming months uh, to kind of raise a little bit more awareness. Um, so I suppose what sort of thoughts were really going through your head at that time with regards to not wanting to be here? It it was just um just everything that was going on, everything that was spiralling, it just pressured on to me. And you know, like 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 a lot of um a lot of depression, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, you know, it, it does get too much. And it just got to the point with me where it was more like if 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 I'm not here then there can be no problems. But then I still had stuff to live for. You know, I had dreams to, 
to to commit. I had um I had goals to achieve. I had a family, you know, all this stuff, and everything was just keeping me here. But in reality, I didn't want to be here. But it was like I was staying for other people and other things and other this and this, that, and the other. But I mean, looking back on it now, you kind of look back and you think, what the fuck was I thinking? Um, but I look back on it now and I'm so much everything that I was staying staying for, only my family are, are still with me. So it's like, well, in reality, 90% of the things that I was staying for, I no longer have to worry about because I no longer, I'm, I'm no longer in business. I'm no longer doing that. I'm no longer doing this. And, you know, all the goals that I had at that point to achieve that were keeping me here are goals that I want to achieve now. And the way that your life changes when you become mentally pure, like mentally pure, I mean, obviously this took three years, but the way that your life changes, and to be fair, I've only been mentally pure for two months as of like today, really. Um, you know, since then I've I've got my qualifications in mental health. I've I've come up with new goals and new achievements, and it's all about helping others and raising the awareness and and doing this, that, and the other. And I think now I'm probably at my happiest stage in life that I've ever been. And I think, so I look back and I think to myself and I think if I'd have ended my life in that situation, I'd have ended my life in a state of sadness. And and whatever people thought of me at that point, it would be Nathan was was sad or Nathan was this or Nathan was that. Um, whereas now I've managed to build myself up and, and I think once you've built yourself up, up from rock bottom, you can do anything in life. You could nothing scares you at that point. Yeah, I think it's it's quite an interesting sort of perspective that as well. That I think a lot of people could could kind of learn from is 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 sometimes I kind of think I think in a way sometimes you need to hit rock bottom to be able to yeah kind of come back up because so many times in the past I've I've kind of I've started, I've kind of started, you know, and I'm in the middle and then mm. I've kind of got up to, up to here where I've been like, oh God, this is, you know, I'm, I'm feeling okay. But then I've let things out, but I've kind of, instead of going all the way down and just letting everything out, I've kind of got near the bottom and going, no, 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 we can't, we can't do that. Yeah. And then slowly but surely you build yourself back up, but then you drop again. And yet I found once I actually dropped to the bottom and I was at my lowest, I think I need, I almost look back now and think I needed that. I needed that yeah. to happen for things to move forward. Otherwise I'd have just been stuck in this constant loop of, you know, I'll, I'll get to a certain point. Oh, but then I've, I can't, I can't let any more out. Right. Yeah. Let's just get on with everything again. And it just kind of just keeps this facade up, I suppose, as well. Like, look, I'm all right. Nothing's wrong. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, I've just had a bad day and stuff like that. Whereas really what I wanted to say was, you know, someone needs to help me with what's going on in my head because I can't, I can't be done with this anymore. I can't take this. And and I think, I think that's just human nature. And and it, it's to be fair, I'm gonna liken it to British culture. It's quite a British thing to do, isn't it? You never sort anything out until shit hits the fan. That is such a British thing. Yeah. And I think in human in human nature, 
you know, it takes a lot to break somebody down mentally, physically, and everything else. And if say if if you have a a down week or a down day or this that and the other, you know, you can build yourself up the next day or build yourself up the next week. That's fine. But if you have like a down year where you're at rock bottom for twelve months straight or eight months straight or whatever, then it kind of makes you realize quite quickly that you need to sort your shit out or you're going to end up in a really bad place, worse place than what you are now. And to go through that that rebuild phase when you are at rock bottom is incredibly difficult, but it's incredibly brave as well. And, you know, showing vulnerability is the strongest thing anybody can do. And once you show the vulnerability, everything gets easier. And it's such a normal thing, but the most powerful thing you can do. Definitely. I mean, you know, funnily enough, we've just we've just been at the dinner table, me, the wife and the kids. And, you know, we're just having a bit of a talk and stuff. And we was actually talking about emotions. And I think the question came up, who's the most emotional in the family? Because straight away, I just put my hand up. I don't know it's <laughs> me. Um, but I think the one thing that I always kind of, especially for, I think through learning with this is, is that, you know, just don't be, I suppose in a way, the, the, you know, these feelings can be quite, scary to mm. have straight off you're worried about having them because you're thinking oh god this this isn't a normal way to to think it's not a normal way to be where really it's it's a lot more normal than what people think i think yeah, when yeah. you kind of talk about i'm depressed i'm feeling this i'm feeling that and people have this tendency to think that isn't a normal way to think mm. but really it is it's a totally normal way that the human brain acts and you know i just kind of tell the kids just don't be afraid of your emotions you know don't be afraid to don't don't keep things in because for years I, I i did it for years just trying to be you know the brave the brave one the one who soldiers on like like you say that typical british thing of you know stiff up a lip and get on with it off you go and it, it's you know you end up getting yourself into a corner yeah where you think you know, I, I can't now. Now I don't know what to do with all these emotions because I've bottled everything up for so long. Now I've got this like tidal wave that's just about to come and get me, and I don't know what to do. Whereas if I think if I'd have just let things through, even if it was slightly, you know, let them trickle through and uh, you know and deal with them as they came. You know, like I kind of do now, it'd be you know things would be a lot different. Mm. Um, so. I'll tell you, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, like, obviously, your facilitator work at Andy's Man Club. Um, for, for those who might be listening in, who are not uh, tuned in before, um, Andy's Man Club, um, what is it and what is, uh, I suppose, what, what, what happens at the meetings and things like that? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a very simple process, Andy's Man Club. It's, it's a peer-to-peer support group for blokes over the age of 18. Um, we have, I think, 72 clubs all over the country now um, in different cities, um, this, that and the other. Um, basically, you know, it, it's real relaxing. It's real easy. You know, we work on five questions um, and, and we sit in a circle. We have a cup of tea, you know, and, and, and we talk about our emotions, our feelings, anything to get off your chest. 
this, that, and the other. And because it's so simple, it, it works really well. And to be honest, I'm not I'm not gonna lie, three years ago when I first walked through the doors, well, to be fair, I, I wanted to go for a long time. Um, I wanted to go for about four months because I used to drive home and I'd see a banner over the motorway with Andy's man club on it. And I'd, I'd drive home, I'd look at it and go, actually, yeah, you know, I, I do want to go. And every night, well, every night for the four months, I'd just not bother. Um, and then one day I reached out to one of my friends who used to used to go, who was also a facilitator now. And I uh, I messaged him, I think it was on Twitter, and I said, look, what's this Andy's Man Club? How do I get there? He sent me the address. And I turned up that, that week. And um, it was the hardest thing to do because when, when you're not used to speaking to people about it, I mean, I didn't even tell my family at this point. I didn't even tell them what I've been going through. I didn't even tell them that I was even thinking about Andy's Man Club or going to therapy or anything like that. So for somebody that's not used to speaking to one person, to speak to a load of blokes in a room and show vulnerability, you know, the way that you welcomed and relaxed and, and, and the way that everything is there, it's so easy just to talk to people. You know, nobody judges you. There's, there's, there's nothing like that. And it just makes it so easy. And that moment there, was one of the moments that changed my life for the better. Just sitting in there and speaking to loads of blokes. And it made me more open about my mental health with other people. And now I do it on a wider scale and I'm doing it, I am doing it globally now. It's, it's that mad. I'm, I'm getting hits and requests to do podcasts in America. I'm getting all that. Like it's, it is going absolutely insane. And I've only been doing it for a couple of months. Um. And also speaking about it more, I'm actually getting messages off people saying that you've helped me speak to this. You've, you know, they've actually opened up to me as well and gone. And I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a therapist. Um, here's the right people you need to speak to if you need to speak. However, you know, I can, I can speak to you, but um, I can give you a, like a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of my experience that, that can help along the way. But um. I've had so many people reach out to me. I had a bloke in, in, in India um, last week reach out to me and I sent him loads of um, crisis numbers in India. And it's just stuff like that. It's, it's absolutely mental how my Instagram has now gone global. <laughs> For a kid in hole. <laughs> well, that's amazing, though. But that, that just goes to show that just... Just that little, what you kind of, you might see it. I mean, like myself, I, I, I always kind of think this is just a small little thing. Yeah. But like, like you've done, like maybe what you see is just this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just helping. Yeah. But that is just, I think, basically, just what people need. And I think sometimes when they don't know where to look, someone just to kind of signpost them in the right direction, yeah, you yeah. can be, you know, a savior to someone really. Yeah, I mean, it, it can save people's life and. You know, everybody's at Andy's Man Club and 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 now you know everybody that that's that's been part of the club all, also mimics the same the same motto and it, it's that one man or one woman now, you know, you never know. Um but that one person, um, you know, if you can save that one person, job done. 
and, and that's all it takes is, is a matter of signposting can, can prevent somebody from taking their own life to, to somebody rebuilding themselves and living the best life. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I want to touch on something you, you mentioned earlier about speaking to people and, and, and how normal it is when you do speak to somebody. And I think that first time I went to Andy's man club, I didn't realise how normal mental health was. I thought it was just me. I thought, you know, I was I was the odd one out of the bunch, this, that, and the other. And I turned up there and there was 25 other blokes in the same room with pretty much the same issue, but for different reasons. And as my three years have gone, you know, I've I've been facilitating since February this year. And, you know, there, are, there has been times this year where I've had to use a club and not facilitate. And that's that's a good thing about it, is that you can always use a club and 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 not and not be um not be a facilitator if needed. But I think for me over the three years of me using the club, every every spit of depression and anxiety that I could have had, I've I've opened up on a Monday and somebody in that room has gone through the same experience and has given me the, the knowledge and experience to to deal with it so that it doesn't get into a, a spiral of an issue. And I think that's that's very powerful. That's extremely powerful. Because once you go through them doors, you can kind of think to yourself, well, actually, if, if I'm in a group full of blokes with different backgrounds and different needs and this, that and the other, after the stuff that I'm going through, they've probably been through, gone through or about to go through and I could help them. I mean, there, there was... There was one time where I'd, I'd been at my, well, the lowest point I'd been at this year, which it wasn't as low as three years ago, but it was a bit of an issue. And I went there and I cried. I cried in front of 25 blokes, told them my issue. And then the next week I went to the same club and three blokes all said to me, you know, your issue, the stuff that you've gone through, I've gone home. And I've sorted that same issue out that I had before it spiraled out of control. And I sat there and I went, you know what? I might be going through shit at the minute, but that's class. Yeah, it is. How we can turn a shit situation into a positive. That's the, that's the thing, but that that's, you know, but that wouldn't have come about if if you wouldn't have been, you know, had that break, you know, being brave to kind of share those things as well. Yeah. Um, like you say, you just doing that small thing of just sharing and speaking has made them go, shit, my things, I'm I'm going down that route, right? I need to make a change now before I kind of reach the point. So, you know, it, it, it's it's almost like um, early intervention without even really knowing that you're doing it. It's it, it's a brilliant thing, really. Um, So, yeah, also on your Instagram, it says you're a welfare officer for Lads FC. So, yeah. Um, how did you get back? How did you get into that? Obviously, because of the facilitator thing, but uh, lads FC, obviously football. How long you've been playing? Let's have a bit of background on that. Um, we thought we formed as a club in October 2020. Um, and and the, 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 the main idea of the club is to raise money for, for mental health charities. We are a, a charity team. Um the two the two chairmen that founded the club uh are huge on mental health. Um you know, they the wanted to to provide a place for people to to enjoy, play football, 
you know, all abilities, um, during, especially during lockdown and, and the COVID year and, and stuff like that. Um, but they also wanted to raise money and, and we've entered the charity league. We play all over the UK in various tournaments. We've, we've played like the the cast of Hollyoaks and, and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, it's it's not a major achievement, but it is an achievement. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and you know we we've done stuff like it. We I think we did the re the region's first five aside twenty four hour football game. Maybe. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, and and that was that was hard. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm I was, after about 20 I was minutes. At a wedding that night. Well, I was at a wedding that night and I had to turn up a bit <laughs> pissed up. <laughs> but we did it. We raised a load of money for charity, a load of money. And, you know, I think over the first year we've raised, oh, I don't want to put a number on it just in case, but I think we raised over nine grand. It might be more than that. I think we raised over nine grand. That's amazing. It could be 12. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure for definite, I can promise you it was over nine. So if you said between nine and 12, there we go. That's a safe, <laughs> yeah. that's a safe bet. <laughs> but I, know, I mean, that's that's brilliant. And I mean, you know, it being... No, and, that, and that was with lockdowns as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it, you know, <laughs> lockdowns happening and, you know, still managing to raise that money. Plus it's, you know, it's a, it's a great thing to have you know, you're raising money, but also you're giving individuals a, a kind of place to come, you know, and, and fitness is a great, it's a great thing for, um, great thing for, for your mental health as well. Keep your mind, keep your body healthy as well as keeping your, you know, your mind healthy. Well, I think, I think sports on a whole is, I mean, you know, there's, there's been times where, I mean, even three years ago, when well three and a half years ago maybe even four years ago now when I was at my lowest point you know I'd still get out of bed and go and play five aside because there's that hour or 90 minutes where nothing else other than the ball matters and and that's it and you know if you put all your focus into something nothing else can can bother you and that's what sport does and and it's key for people's mental health I think definitely I mean I, I have the same thing with with coaching um and it, it, you know, I've been asked to go play a few times, and you know, my body won't let me do it anymore. My, my mind says, "Yeah, you, you know, you'll be, you'll be it. Go on!" Like my body's just like, "No, no, just don't do it. Just don't, don't put yourself through it." Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I almost feel like the coaching keeps me nice and fresh. It keeps me, you know, because I kind of then I, I, I'm able to kind of become absorbed in what what I'm doing and working tactics and things like that or working on training schedules and stuff. It, it's, you know, it, it kind of, I, I look forward to it sometimes because it's, I kind of think, right. I sometimes need that. If I have a weekend where I don't have anything football related, um, sometimes I kind of, I find, I find I have maybe either a bad Saturday or a bad Sunday, but I think it's because I haven't decided then to fill my time with something either. So it's maybe right, I'll I'll spend today doing all you know housework and stuff, and it's like oh god, you're always doing housework. So let's just you know forget the pots and let's go down to the field, have a coffee or watch some football. Um, but no, like I, you know, I've uh, I, I I do I feel the same about football. 
So, um, do you do you run a website as well? Yes, yeah, so I've just started um, a blog, um, which, which is also it's also becoming my personal brand, um, just to raise awareness on men, men's mental health. It's called Real Men Talk. Um, it's pretty much just all about men's mental health, really. Um, you know, all my Instagram is going to be raising the awareness on you know how like, like my latest post is. Um, let me just have a look. How to get out of a mental rut. So it's just tips, awareness, advice, knowledge, this, that, and the other things that I'm picking up from from various experiences from other people, and also from um, all the qualifications that I'm sinking myself into. So yeah, it's um, just all about raising that awareness. The, the blog itself is um, is writing posts. Um, it'll either be uh, an awareness or knowledge post or it'll be my personal story as well. That's great. Something, you know, it's, it's just something else as well, something else where, you know, individuals can can kind of tap into if they, if they, need, if they need that help, really. Yeah, um, I mean, like, since I've done that, as I've said, my Instagram's just absolutely boomed. You know, I'm getting, I've had to turn off my notifications on my phone because I was getting, on average, <laughs> 300 notifications from Instagram a day. Like, this is, it's gone mad. So I've had to schedule, I've had to schedule my um, my notifications to come through at certain times of the day so I don't get distracted, I don't wake up and, and this, that and the other. But it is, it's gone absolutely nuts. And it, it's not about that, don't get me wrong, it's not about my growth. It's it's about just, just raising that awareness and, and helping people along the way. And if, if one of my posts, like if I look at the insights, my latest post has been saved by 265 accounts, which means statistically um, they're going to use that elsewhere or save that for later or send it to somebody or educate somebody. Now, it's been reached by 4,500 people, which isn't a lot to some, but statistically if, if you educate one person they educate three others yeah so that 4500 times three that's massive it, now we're talking. that that that's it isn't it i mean it's it, it it kind of blew my mind when i started when i started the podcast and i kind of i was doing it just on facebook at first and then a friend of mine said oh well maybe use anchor anchor podcasts as a hmm as a kind of central hub. So you do all your recording through that, put it on, and then basically Anchor sends it out to like Apple Podcasts and um, Amazon, Spotify, you know, and it'll, it'll put it out and, and distribute it. Um, and I was, and, and then you kind of look at the, you can look at the, the statistics and everything that goes on there, like the insights. And I, I was like amazed at people in like America and, Russia and all over the world. I mean, it's been listened to in nearly 30 countries now. And I'm just like absolutely just like this is just unreal. It was it kind of took me back at first because but at the same time, I was thinking, I hope that listener mm. is as 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 found like it helpful. Do you know yeah. that that's the first thing I think whenever I kind of see the numbers or how many people it's it's reached, I kind of think I hope I hope them I hope that that person who was listening to that. 
he's you know has got something from it, has, has taken a message, has, has has seen something in that which they're maybe going through, but they've been able to tap into and, and help themselves. And you know, it's but it's it's a powerful tool if you know in in a way that if you can, I always kind of say you know so sometimes social media it's a you know can be a bit of a pain in the ass with trolls and people using it for shitty reasons but i think when people genuinely you genuinely lose it for you know a good reason you know like like yourself it it just makes so much different it can make a real difference to people's lives it's like if it's used in the right way it can be very powerful i mean no like there's no way of getting away from people who are ignorant on the use of it i mean as much as as much good work I'm trying to do on Instagram, I've still had a death threat. It's mad, isn't it? It is absolutely mad. So, like, this guy had messaged me and said, um, I'm really struggling, you know, I've got nobody at Christmas, this, that, and the other. I want these new trainers. And I didn't reply because I thought, if I reply, it's going to get a bit out of time. Yeah, talk. yeah. And then... If I apply the wrong thing, he's going to expect the fucking trainers. So I didn't reply. And then he messaged me off another account. You could tell it was the same guy because it was wedding in the same way. And I thought, hey, what's going on here? So then I didn't reply. But to be fair, when he first messaged me, I was asleep anyway. So actually, there was a, there was a valid reason as to why I didn't reply. And about 9 a.m. in the morning, he, he just sent me, sent me a death threat. He he found all my details online. He he basically knew where I lived and everything else. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother. I'm not going to let it worry me because if he really wanted to do it, he'd be outside my house rather than messaging me. But at the same time, it's like as much good stuff you can do, you can still be brought down by him. And in reality, that what I learned from that situation was I'm not in control over how they act or how they react to things. However, I'm in control not to let that get to me. Yeah. And why should I let one person out of the thousands of us that I'm helping get to me and stop what I'm doing? I'm not going to let it happen. I just blocked him. <laughs> so, right, you know, as I say, like you say, after time, people who, who, who do them things, like if, if, if they were serious about it, they'd be there. But half of them, half of them are keyboard warriors and, you know, these unfortunately people will try and use a certain situation to their, um, to their advantage, uh, you know. I think, you know, schools are, so schools at the minute in the UK are really pushing the, the, the social media, cyberbullying, all this stuff. Now, for one, they're pushing it at the age groups that shouldn't even be on social media for a start. Like, realistically, there is age restrictions on social media. Um, and I know kids have it, and I know, you know, sometimes it's very difficult to, to stop it. But if, if you're making people aware of it too much, they start thinking that's normal. And that's normal behaviour. And as much as I don't like saying that, because I don't like judging people and this, that and the other, but kids do start thinking that's normal. If, if you're pushing, it's like when you push mental health and, you know, you like you push about depression, depression, depression. Kids have a sad day. 
and and they'll, they'll, they'll go to the teacher and they'll say, um, I'm depressed. And in reality, they're not. They're just having a down day, and that's absolutely fine. It's an absolutely normal thing to, to feel. It's when that down day turns into a down month and down month and down month after that, and it's a consistent process. That's when you, you're depressed. But with cyberbullying, it's just become such a normal thing to do for everybody. And, you know, it it's normalised itself into adults as well, I think, because social media has made everything public and it's made this, this view of if you out somebody on social media, that's it, right? That's the end goal. If somebody does something bad, like maybe... Uh, a bricklayer comes around to your house and, and misses a brick out or something like that, that slander him all over social media. Now, what they don't realise is the effects of that post. If you can steal something directly and somebody's willing to deal, deal with you directly and, so, and solve a problem, why do you need to publicly shame that person? Because that's what it is. It's shaming somebody. Now, human behaviour, that's been taken into, into real life now. You know, I've, I've dealt with it in the past and this, that and the other where people have shamed you in front of others to try and get some good feeling into them or whatever else. And, you know, that stems from social media. And there's, there's no doubt about that because it never happened before social media. No, it's... Yeah, it, you know, it's... It, 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 it. It, how can I put it? It kind of really it, it, it riles me up sometimes, like when, um, you know, these just just like cyberbullying and stuff like that. Um, it, I know, I know a few people really gone like through the mill of it of having like you know several several threatening messages a day, and you know constant messaging, and like you say, like when people get shamed on there, you know. Like say, just if you can sort something out as a as an adult, as a, a human, you know, as one person to another, you know, try and just try and sort it instead of straight away going, oh, he's done a shit job on my wall, right? That's going on Facebook. Let's just yeah. call him that. And there's also the repercussions which come with like with their livelihood and their job and their future earnings. You know, I don't, I, I just don't believe in people being outed as as this or as that on there it don't make no sense to me personally um but with regards to you know like like the social media side of things um you know i've i've obviously i have i have kids and they have my eldest has a as a an instagram account but i'm always checking it more well not i know as of late but um you know I'm always making sure that there's no like crap on there which is out of hand or like that. And I don't think he ever would would put anything on there like that. Um, but yeah, some sometimes you think yeah, it has got a fair a fair bit to to answer for as um, as social media. I, f- I think when you're in a when you're in a rut mentally as well, it it can be it can be a huge downfall because. Obviously, there's a situation now where what what came with Instagram and and it was a it was a huge um, behavior behavioral change with Instagram was the comparison. 
So, like, for example, um, your friend might be living the best life, so to speak, in, 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 in inverted commas, living the best life. Um, nice fancy cars, nice houses, this, that, and the other, and, and, and whatever. And, 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 you know, you might sit there and go, well, why can't I have that? Or why can't I do that? Or, you know what, I'm going to go and do it. And, you know, for me, because I've been a victim of this as well. And, you know, you compare yourself to other people and, and you know, to be fair, you try and, you try and live their life and, and you skin yourself for it or whatever else. And I've done that, um, don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's you soon realise when, when you are mentally clear is you don't know what's going on behind closed doors there. He, he, you know, that, that friend there that's got the sports cars and ice houses that and the other might be racked up in debt, you know, might be struggling with, with their mental health because they've got so much pressure on them to, to maintain this house and this car and this, that and the other. And and to be fair, over the last couple couple or three months, I've started to, to be more grateful for what I've got. And um, learning gratitude for me has been the biggest thing that's that's driven my my recovery into the next level because I I, I call it recovery because I'll always be recovering I'll always be recovering because I'm always learning um and I'm always picking up new things with my brain and stuff like that and because I didn't and I, I don't like talking about medication or anything but I, because I didn't take medication it it was a lot more difficult for me to to, to recover but it was a lot more pure if you get what yeah. I mean because you're learning things about yourself all the time and you're changing yourself and and to be fair you know you do make mistakes like anybody else you do make mistakes you do lose people you do lose friends and this that, and the other but for me social media has has a lot a lot to answer for mental health and and but then again saying that it like for me, I was following a lot of negative people. I was following, you know, the wrong crowd, this, that, and the other. And that's when I hit my lowest point. And when you do hit your lowest point, you start realizing who's actually there for you and who's just there for the ride. And what I did was I blocked all the, the riders out of my life. Um, I started focusing on the people that matter. But then I, I, um, and again, this was probably only this year. I just started to make my social media a lot more positive. I started to unfollow people, follow the right people. Um, like, I mean, there's been people that I've had on social media for years that this year I just thought, you know what, unfollow. Because I can't be dealing with looking at people going on nights out every single fucking night. It does mean it. I've not got any responsibility. You know what I mean? I know no. what you mean, totally. But, but but if you want to live that life, you're going to live that life. That's absolutely fine, but that's not for me. I don't want to follow that. Um, so I unfollowed all that. And then I quickly realised to myself that, you know, I'm learning a lot from social media, so why can't I help and teach others? And now that's my intention. That's my mission. My overall mission is to get decent mental health awareness at school at the curriculum level um, as a daily conversation. That's my main goal at the minute. 
I mean, I, to be honest, that was one of the questions I was going to say, you know, going to say with regards to and my son came up with this, this question of the day because he turned around to me and said, oh, um, why why did he have a, a like, he actually said, why did he have an anti-bullying day? And I said, you know, he says, they do all this thing with, you know, oh, this is this is anti-bullying day. We'll he says, why not every day that that's, Mm. Why? Why in it? Why in it? And, and you know, and why are we talking about it all the time? And he said even about mental health because, you know, he's got some of his friends are going through some stuff at the moment. And you know, he said why? Why ain't that being talked about all the time? And I said, you know, you know, and and you know, one of my questions to you was, do you think schools are doing enough to have that discussion? Really? Um, I, I'm I'm going to be brutally honest here, and it's probably going to offend a lot of people, but. I don't think they are, but I also think they're doing probably too much awareness in the wrong way. As in, like like I said earlier, you know, kids are going into school and saying that they're depressed because they hear so much about depression and anxiety and this, that and the other. And in reality, what I think, because obviously school's very curriculum-led, it's very by the book, it has to be by the book and this, that and the other. Whereas I, I deal with a lot of colleges in my area and I do awareness talks in a lot of colleges. So I'm dealing with the 16 to 18 year olds. And the difference with that is, is the colleges allow external people to come in. And when I was, when I was, when I did my first talk at college, which was early this year, I got the feedback of, um, we've never heard anything like that because you told us your story and you told us about your experience. And I think when you can relate to it and when you can, can talk about your experience along with the stuff you're supposed to be talking about, it becomes a lot more engaging. And the, the listeners become a lot more open because they, they know that you're not, you know, by the book. They know that you're doing it from real life experience and that's, and it's your passion. Um, whereas I think schools, because, you know, they do have external people going, but they have to be signed and vetted. And it's all in primary schools. It's all the, the people that dance about the room and pull out puppets from the pockets and just stuff like that. And it's, you know, primary school ages. Yeah. You know, they should be doing some mental health, but I don't think they should, should be doing too much. And it shouldn't be the intensity of what we do in colleges. But certainly secondary school with the changes in development and, you know, going from a child to a teenager to, to an, a younger adult, um, I firmly believe that it should be a lot more pushed as a, a daily conversation. And same with bullying and stuff, it should be a daily conversation. But at the same time, you've got to, you've got to work out what that conversation is and how intense it's got to be um, because uh, people do misunderstand it no matter what what you say there'll always be a certain number of people that misunderstand it and you know I don't want to offend to it I don't offend anybody when I say this but I don't think schools are doing enough but I also in reality don't think the government are giving the funding to be able to yeah to push it I, you know, I'm I'm the same, and 
like I say, you, you, now you kind of think, oh, I hope I don't offend people who are listening, but I don't I don't feel that schools are do like do enough with regards to mental health. But like you say, however, I, I don't think they're given the I don't give them the think they're given the funding or the backing or the training. Yeah, yeah. Give kind of adequate support or give adequate talks and that discussion and have a if you like a curriculum which is which is kind of I suppose it it needs to be needs to be a little bit more direct and informal than just pitter pattering about stuff. You know, you don't want it kind of too I suppose you don't want to be a bit too much, but at the same time, it then you know you see more and more kind of kids in secondary schools now, which are, are starting to develop, you know, signs of self harm and depression. You know, these early early stages and early signs are not being picked up by schools as well, and it's it's just you know, obviously, schools are doing the best jobs that they can at the moment with, yeah, yeah. with the resources that they've got. But I think unless they get some sort of, you know, money injected into the system to to actually help and facilitate that, it, it's a it's a it's a difficult one, really. And like you say, you don't want to kind of say they're not doing a good job, but at the same time, it's kind of there is more improvements that really could be done for definite. I mean, I'd, I'd never I'd never slag off teachers because they do an amazing job. And to be fair, if I did. I'd have my bollocks hung up because my partner's a teacher. <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's obviously they 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 teach a certain syllabus, don't they? And and that's set at, at a higher level. And and you know, I I mean, it, I don't think they should push mental health in schools as a as a a day or training or learning or an actual you know. Like sort of curriculum, I think they should just make it a daily conversation. When you're having the register done in the morning, how are you all feeling? This is a safe space. You know what I mean? Just yeah, yeah. Just something so simple like that. But a lot of schools aren't doing it. I mean, I, I went to a to a college in oh, where was it? I think it was it was North Yorkshire, I think, and I was. I didn't go, sorry, I was on Zoom with them and um, I was speaking to them about the mental health and, and what they're doing for it. And they went, oh, we've got this app. And I was like, right, cool. So, you know, all of your kids have a phone, don't they? Well, no, not all of them. Right. So already there's people excluded from, from getting mental health support. And I said, what is, what, so what do you do on this app then? Oh, well, whilst registers going on, they spend two minutes and they tell you how they're feeling that day. And I was like, right, so only two minutes a day. You know, that that's, I mean, it's good that they're doing it, don't get me wrong, but I feel physically talking about it would make more of an impact than that. But then also, they're telling you about how they're feeling that day at the start of the day. Like, you don't know how you're going to feel at 12, 1, 2 o'clock. You know, you, you might feel, even when I was at my lowest point, there were some days where I felt absolutely on top of the world at 9am. Then at 6pm, I wanted to, to go and kill myself. And it was that struggle of trying to get them to realise that a mental health it not just a, a one-hour during a day thing. It, 
it's a constant thing and and I think like there is a college that I'm working with or going to be working with in the new year that I want in um mental health support on on a, a short-term basis but ideally they have people from various agencies and various networks to to drop in to the college and spend a, a day there and um that's one of the things I'm going to be working with with them on is is that and I think that's key to have somebody there external that doesn't care about the college the profit the numbers the grinding this whatever else it is that purely cares about the people that they speak to that day and I did an awareness talk and I spoke to one of the students there I mean, we had a real good one-to-one conversation. He opened up to me, you know, he spoke to me about his mental health and this, that, and the other. And for me, I was just there giving out leaflets about mental health. Like, that was my job of the day, just to give out leaflets. But I helped, I helped somebody. And that's what they need. They need somebody away from that syllabus, from that mindset of, you know, we need to, we're here to teach, we're here to do this. Just to actually have an interest in it. And you can probably put the same thing into businesses as well, where, you know, a bit, say a small to medium business, you know, the HR person is the owner or even the HR person does have a connection to the business and the profit. And, you know, they'll only, they're employed by the business. So they're only going to do right by the business. They're not going to do right by the person if it affects the business. So having that external in businesses as well, could be key to get some clarity for the employee and the business as well. And I think if if somebody can can do that or, you know, that, that's one of my aims to do in the future. But if you can do that, it, it would be absolutely huge to, to a lot of people. Sorry, I just muted myself. I was coughing. Um, no, I mean, I mean, you know, like you said, I think sometimes kids will sometimes struggle with that to differentiate between them being a teacher who's teaching them maths and English and science and this, that and the other. Like being, you know, they have a curriculum to teach to, like, like you say, yourself who was there maybe just to give out leaflets, but you're totally, you know, disattached from what, you know, from the school. You're there for one reason and one reason only, and that's, you know, support talk you know mental health issues all in different things you know a real i think are really important i think that's sometimes why kids maybe don't open up too much at school as well because they'll be certain you know i mean my my second eldest he's had um a lot of issues with kind of like anxiety and stuff in the past and he won't open up to anybody at school and it's had to kind of come from us facilitating to the school, right, we need someone to come in. And then they ended up having cams come in, who, again, was kind of totally not not associated with the schools. They were just there for the reason to talk to him. And it just helped him. Like, it, it, it kind of went from being at the bottom and then, you know, it was onwards and upwards with it. So he did absolutely brilliant. But I think that came from it not being someone who was working in the school, I think it was someone who was coming in from outside of the school. Yeah. In there and him just having that safe space to talk to them 
for like an hour a week. Yeah. And I think he just kind of felt like he could then just open up about stuff. But I'll tell you what, it's, you know, it's it's been really interesting talking to you tonight, Nathan. Honestly, it's like some of the stuff that's been shared and giving down to, you know, this is why I love kind of doing these these things. Sometimes you just lead off on a tangent sometimes and we've kind of gone, but it's, it's brilliant and you kind of cover a, like, you know, a lot of different, you know, aspects of, you know, things as well. So the way I normally end these podcasts is um, if you were to give one word of advice or one, one bit of advice to someone out there who might be listening now, what would that advice be? Just talk. Just simply just talk. Like there's no point in mulling about with thoughts in your head, you know, taking it down the wrong path, this, that and the other, when you can just have a, but well, it's easy, it's hard, well, it's easier said than done in a simple conversation. But you can, you know, there is people out there, you know, there, there is support out there. Just talk. I love that. I love it. It's, it's brilliant. But Nathan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on tonight. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us. Um, and yeah, you know, just keep up everything you're doing. You know, say keep up the good work. And say what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Thank you very much. Um, so everybody, um, real men talk. Get on there, read the blog. Oh, is it Nathan? Is it Nathan McDonald that on um, Instagram? No, it's um, underscore underscore real men talk. There we go. Get on Instagram, follow his page. It's a brilliant page, some really good. There's a link as well, isn't there, that leads you off to your to your blog at the bottom yeah. in your bio. So yeah, just um, get on there and support it. Um, but yeah, Nif, thanks so much for tonight, mate. Thank and you. for everybody else, I'll see you on the next podcast.